1: this this
0: is Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Can you believe we've made it to Thursday this week already? Feels like this week is kind of flying by. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Streaming at supertalk.fm, Richard Cross, Michael Borky. Apparently there's no soccer on today, and so Brian Haydad is back with us. We are glad to have you along as well. We remind you as we get started that the C Spire text line is open. As always, you can text us 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we would love to hear from you. Boys, what's up? Oh, just slowly counting the votes in Nevada.
3: Doing it one by one with like a coffee break and a Netflix episode watch in between. Between each ballot counted? I mean, (laughs) I know that they don't have a very easy job. I'm sure having to organize counting the votes of millions of people is not the easiest job. But I feel like if Nevada hired, or Nevada hired me today, I could do a better job of organizing and counting votes more promptly in that state. Without knowing anything about the election person there who organized it, I feel like by now we wouldn't be taking breaks, especially the way they've done.
2: I don't know. I feel like I could do a better job than this. Hey, Dad, do you think you can handle counting the votes in a timely fashion? I'm pretty good
0: at math. So, yeah. you know, yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah, seems like a no-brainer to me.
2: One, two, three, four, tally mark. One, two, three, <laughs> four, tally. Yeah, yeah, yeah One, yeah. two, three, four, tally. That's 15. And then you um, add them all up, and then you send them
3: off to whoever you have to send them off to. It's really not that hard. I mean, try to be. you, you try to be
0: short a couple of dollars at the casino and see how quickly that count gets done.
2: I did hear somebody point out that in a world in which you can use your debit card and within milliseconds, anywhere in the United States, or or for that matter, anywhere in the world, and within seconds, maybe milliseconds, if you go to your online banking, your, your bank has removed that money from your available balance in your checking account. And... If that can be done, it feels like there ought to be a way that we can um, tabulate votes a little more quickly as well. But who knows? I mean, we're kind of slow on the uptake on technology, or maybe we're not. Seriously, though, in that state, like you've got the most efficient
3: counters of everything in the world in the state of Nevada.
2: Yeah, maybe that's the maybe that's the solution. Just call all the, the Clark Casinos. County is not necessarily the <laughs> area that uh, the Trump's team would necessarily want the counters to come from. But what if you just got all blackjack dealers to count the votes? Seriously. It hey, would be done in an hour. We'd know Tuesday night, man. Like, You've got to get those hardcore
0: ones, though. Yeah, you got to get those ones that are like, no, bo- no more bets, no more bets. They're like just reeling through a shoe in about mm-hmm. five minutes. A six-deck <laughs> shoe. Yeah, no, You would have, to, you would have, have to
2: come an up hour. with a shoe. That, that's what if you had paper ballots, you would have to come up with a shoe where the uh, the, the dealers slash counters could pull the ballots out of the chute. I can count see them. it
0: now. Trump, Trump, Biden,
3: Biden, Biden, Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> it may be in five minutes. I had a buddy tell me earlier that we should do presidential elections like March Madness. So get all the states to report, but they've got to be more efficient, of course, but get all the states to report at one time. You don't tell the public at all, and you go state by state in alphabetical order. So you start with the A's, Alabama, Donald Trump, Alaska, Joe Biden, right? and then go down the list of states and
2: reveal the winner in March Madness style. You want know, to talk about drama. Oh, okay, I, 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 this was not the intended direction right out of the gate, but oh, but a couple of text messages from you, have uh, caused me to, uh, to come up with a poll question, and this may be different than the poll question that Borky had in mind. Write-in poll question, Borky. What group of workers would you like to be in charge of counting votes? Because here's a really good suggestion on the C Spire text line. Put the Chick-fil-A drive through in charge of ballot counting. We would have known Thursday before the first commercial break on election 2020 it'd have been their pleasure and they would it would have been their pleasure to serve so we've come up with blackjack dealers and the chick-fil-A drive-through line workers so what group of workers should be in charge of counting ballots yeah what group of work should be or would you put in charge or whatever um and then just for
0: just for a fun answer Put SEC officials
2: <laughs> Buddy of mine sent me a message Trump, Trump, Biden, Biden, good luck with that Kanye, sir, Trump, Biden, Biden, Trump <laughs>
0: <laughs> A Jorgensen in there for fun SEC officials After further review, Kanye West is president Well Sankey yeah. releases a statement the next day We got it wrong, but unfortunately He is still
2: president Um if you would like... I've I told you that. Sorry. I, I got distracted by a message that said no one has picked up my son from school yet today.
0: <laughs> is it your son? Yes. It. Well,
2: I mean, yes. Well, I mean, it could have been a wrong number. No, no this know. was this was not the same number that sent me the message that says, Hi, Alice, this is Fred from the GOP. Can we count on your support in Texas District 12? It wasn't the same. No, this was uh, a message from the school. Okay. Sorry, I need you guys to fill in just for a second so I can text my wife that somebody needs to pick up yeah. our son. I got you. So, Bork,
3: it'd be pretty, things? It'd be pretty uh, spectacular radio to just get Richard on the phone as he's driving to pick up his son from school. Yeah. <laughs> or, like when his Sorry, dog gets we're good out, now. just get Richard Sports on the talk, phone. Sports talk, Mississippi, while, while and domestic chasing, issues. here well, on Super talk, Mississippi. Well, he's chasing Thatch down the road. Get Richard on the phone. Yeah, guys, so Mississippi State, 18-point favorite this weekend. Thatcher, get over
2: here. Come here, Thatcher. Come here, buddy. You got a treat. <laughs> got a treat. <laughs> My cell number is on his dog tag, so uh, when he gets out, I know pretty quickly. And the good thing about when Thatcher gets out is that um, he's such a sweet dog, people are nice to him. And he'll, he'll, like, come up to anybody. So people, like, you know, you really don't look like you should be walking down the middle of Jackson Avenue. Oh, wait, here's a phone number. I'll call and. So, anyway. Uh, we got a couple of other suggestions as well. American Idol can count over a million votes in the time of one commercial.
3: <laughs>
2: um, Jeff says he's disappointed in Chick-fil-A. They left out one of his chicken sandwiches on Tuesday night. Jeff, I can assure you if you go back and you uh, communicate that to them, they will make it right, and it will be their pleasure. I-
0: I went there the other day, ordered some grilled nuggets, got fried nuggets, complained about it online. I got two free orders of grilled nuggets waiting for me whenever I want them. They
2: doubled me up. You complained about it online? Why didn't you just go back to them and be like, hey? I was Because it was like
0: 8.30 at night. You can't go in. What am I going to do, get back in the drive-thru line and explain the situation to them? I live across town from Chick-fil-A. I just went online. As someone who worked in the restaurant industry for many, many years, just go online. Don't have to bust back up in
3: there. Or yeah. if you're worried about uh, your cable prices, uh, tell them that you're wanting to cut the cord, and they will give you a lot oh, of they'll, stuff. And the other way around with that, if you're with, like, you know, TV,
0: if you're with satellite, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll do whatever they got to do. Sirius XM, they'll do whatever they got to do to keep you on the
2: uh, on the payroll. A suggestion that auctioneers should perhaps be the ones counting the votes. Could Trump, be a number
0: One, give me one,
2: give me one, give me two, give me two, give me two, give me three, give me three, give me four, give me four, give me <laughs> five, who's got six, who's got six? Going to seven, seven, eight, 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 eight. We've got nine, we've got nine, we've got, nine we've got ten, ten, we got eh, sorry, something like
0: along those lines. Yeah, like the 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 Grundy County auction incident there.
2: Uh Mike says do not allow folks who count attendance at sporting events to count votes. <laughs> <laughs> With with two billion votes,
3: Trump has carried the state. It's a good one. Paul says people who put up Dollar General stores. My high school had one put next to it in one winter break, which was like eleven days. Like we leave for winter break, come back. Oh, there's Dollar General right there. How about that? Had no idea what was happening. Just popped well, right on up. the dri-
0: on the drive to Atlanta last week. We were passing through. I guess it's uh it's Reform before Gordo. I don't remember, but to Atlanta yet. No, to Alabama. Oh,
2: you said. Oh, I and, thought you said the drive to Atlanta last week. No, the drive What's to Alabama. To
0: there's a Dollar General, and then a hundred yards away from that is something called like the Dollar General Fresh Market. And I'm just like, are they selling organic Dollar General products? What's if we could have stopped, we would have. I would have gotten you a full report. I don't know what they sell at the Dollar General uh, Fresh Market. High end Dollar General stuff.
2: Well. There is a high-end version of Dollar General, and I think it's called DG or DGX. There's one like on West End in downtown Nashville. It's like a three-story. I was like, I'd never seen that until not too terribly long ago. (laughs) Um, fancy Dollar General. I like that. John and Hardiman says one man can handle the vote count. And he lives on Sesame Street. One, (laughs) two, three ballots for Trump. Ah, ah, Biden. ah. One, two, three, (laughs) ha. (laughs) <laughs> well, Very good. It. The count. Sports Passed Talk Mississippi, Nevada. streaming at uh, supertalk.fm. Ron in Columbus wants to know if my son got picked up and for us to not leave him hanging. I will uh, I will report back as soon as possible. Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. The, uh, the poll question is, what group of workers – not related to elections, would you use to uh, count all of the votes that might do it in an efficient manner? Got some uh, pretty good suggestions uh, along the way, uh, including Greg suggesting that Rainman should be the uh, one to count the votes. Until he got distracted and started talking about five minutes to Wapner. We're glad to be with you and glad to go to the Farm Bureau phone line right now. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Deuce McAllister joins us right now, color analyst on the Saints Radio Network. He was a great in high school. He was a great in college. He was a great in the NFL as well. Deuce, what's up, my man? Uh, Nothing much. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. Always good to visit with you. I'm curious. We'll we'll go big picture and then we'll go a little more micro. So the Saints have probably not been playing their best, and yet they've been winning. And it seems like that is a really good thing if you feel like there's going to be a point where you do get back to full strength. Is is that a good way to kind of summarize, or are there bigger issues that we're not looking at?
4: I think that's a great way to look at it if the glass is half full. Uh, okay. At some, point, at some point, that will come back to bite you. And I necessarily won't put all of that on health of your team. I think it's just you're underperforming at this point. And at some point, some of the things that you're doing, uh, you have to be able to figure out a way to get them corrected.
2: I think maybe the biggest news, in addition to some guys coming back, is uh, the report that there's some arm soreness or shoulder soreness with, uh, with Drew right now. What can you tell us about that?
4: Drew is what forty one years old, forty two years old. <laughs> I mean, that that, that, that that that's how you have to look at it. Uh, you you just don't recover like you did when ten years ago, five years ago, uh, and and that's just where he is in his career. And you know, even he said it. Hey, look, I'm dealing with a lot of things. Uh, I don't think it's anything to be concerned with long term. Uh, it's just. Soreness, uh, uh, maintenance preventative issue uh, that the Saints are going to try to use. And, look, uh, Drew hadn't practiced on Wednesday for the last three or four years anyway, but even today was probably a little bit lighter for him. Uh, For him to not have the full reps, I don't think that you have to be too much concerned if you're the Saints. Um, But I think, overall, it is something to look at uh, once Sunday gets here, but I don't think that the Saints are too concerned with it.
2: I'm curious, Deuce, and and you may be the perfect guy to answer this. W- what is the threshold in your career where you have earned enough credibility with your teammates, with the organization, with the coaching staff that the toll of being an NFL player that takes on your body, everybody feels comfortable with saying, "Look, he's got to be ready to go on game day, but we're not gonna we're not gonna strain him too much during the week."
4: Are you coming in for a player, are you showing up one on Sundays? Are you able to produce? Are you at all of the meetings that you're supposed to be at? Are you coming in early and staying a little bit late for treatment with those guys as far as the trainers are concerned? So you have to be able to show that you're doing everything, uh, not not necessarily what's expected, but even a little bit beyond of what's expected to make sure that you're ready to go and the guys can trust you and then you're going out and performing. You don't have to have every Sunday uh, to be to be He-Man or Hercules and that factor, but you just have to be able to be yourself. And so if you can prove that, then I think that you earn a little bit more trust from the staff as well as your teammates to know that you're going to show up on Sunday. Now when, let's just say, if we give you two days off throughout the week, you you, you, you don't practice on Wednesday. We give you a light day on Thursday. You go full on Friday. Some guys can handle that. Some cannot. And so it just depends on where you are in your career. Um, Do you have four or five bus? Do you have double-digit bus on Sunday? Then that means you probably can't handle that type of freedom. But, I mean, if you only have one or two bus or no bus as far as from an assignment uh, standpoint, then the coach is going to trust you a little bit more.
2: And certainly Drew Brees has that, that, you know, the guy that really comes to mind when, when I think about a, a situation like that is, uh, the late, great Steve McNair, who just had his body just broken to pieces later in his career. And, and those stories were legendary about, you know, wouldn't be able to get out of bed on Monday and then on Tuesday wouldn't practice and Wednesday wouldn't practice and thir- but he would practice on Friday and would be ready to go and was the ultimate gamer on Sundays.
4: I agree 100% Mac the way that he played the game you know a lot of times you knew that I could leave a free hitter or he could get punished literally punished on Sunday and the following week he may not be ready on on Wednesday Thursday But come Friday, he would be able to lead his team through a practice. And, you know, come Sunday, he would be ready to play. And so you knew he knew where to go with the football. You knew he wasn't going to have any problems with deciphering any type of uh, defense or play call that was sent in. So a coach could trust him a lot more.
2: Yeah, really, uh, really interesting stuff. Um The Saints have had trouble getting or staying healthy at wide receiver. Are we approaching the point where health is where it needs to be for kind of the second half run?
4: Yeah, I I definitely believe so. They will have Emmanuel Sanders uh, back uh, yet to be determined on Michael Thomas as well as Marquez Callaway just because both of those guys, one is dealing with an ankle injury, the other is dealing with ankle and hamstring Uh, Michael Thomas has, we'll just say from the hamstring standpoint, this will technically be his third week as far as practice is concerned. Since he's had that uh, hamstring standpoint and obviously the ankle, that's something that he's been dealing since he had it the first week. So you're talking about what, seven weeks, eight weeks as far as um, dealing with that. So that should be as healthy as as it's probably going to get during, during the season, as far as the ankle is concerned. So, I would be highly surprised if he's not available as well.
2: It feels certainly, based on where the records are right now, Deuce, like this is a two-team race in the division with Tampa Bay and, and Tom Brady, and then with uh, the Saints just one game behind them in the, the win column. Is that how this thing shakes out at the very end, that it, it comes down to these two teams as to uh, you know which one wins the division? and Is there a scenario, and I guess there is, where, where both of them end up in the playoffs?
4: Yeah, I definitely think both of these teams will end up in the playoff unless they suffer some type of major injuries to that quarterback spot. And even then, you probably will be able to survive it if it's only a game or two. But I think both of these teams still end up in the playoffs. Right now, you're, you're jockeying for either winning the division or being a playoff or or a um, uh, a wild card team. And so with the new rules in the NFL, the number two seed does not get a home game or at least let me let me let me refrain that the number two seed does not get a bye this year only the right. one seed in the nfl so you will have an extra team as far as wild card is concerned but for the saints you want to at least host a playoff game if you are not that one seed and so this is really where that comes into play i won't write off atlanta In Carolina yet as far as to be the spoiler uh, at this point because both of those guys, they have enough talent where they could definitely uh, spoil spoil your hopes as far as to beat you, uh, and the Saints haven't played them at all as far as Atlanta is concerned. I mean, you could lose one of those games, and that could affect you for that hunt as far as the Saints are concerned for a division title.
2: And I want to ask you about the Falcons in just a second. But before I do that, I I know you're into your prep for this week. You've already seen Tampa Bay. What what do you expect to see on Sunday night?
4: A physical game. I think, you know, who can create a turnover is going to be critical. For the Saints, they have to be able to run the football. You're playing a defense that's number one. uh, As far as stopping the run, The, 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 the Saints are number three. So you figure run yards are going to be hard to come by. But you have to, if you're not, Running the football at least twenty-five to thirty times, then you're only going to hurt yourself. The Saints have given up the explosive play. If they could limit that somewhat, you know, I expect Tampa to be able to hit them for at least one or two explosive plays. But the Saints can't. They can't give up four to five uh, plus twenty-five or plus thirty-yard plays. If they if they do that, they're going to lose. And and, so, and a you know, quick the question. Be- sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I said the question becomes: Who can create a turnover, and then who can limit the explosive plays? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Should be a fun one to watch on Sunday night. Saints-Buccaneers, that's the Sunday night game, kicks off at 7.20 on NBC. Just a quick thought on the Falcons. I look at that team and I see so much talent on the offensive side of the ball, and I know they had all kinds of defensive issues, and maybe that's just where the story ends. But I still look at the Falcons and go, they shouldn't be as bad as they have been this year. Do you look at them and think the same thing?
4: They don't play smart football. It's not a talent issue with Atlanta. They just don't play smart football. And so if they cut down on the mistakes, if they cut down on just some of the simple things that they're doing, they would help themselves so much more as far as winning a football game. And so they just don't, they don't play smart football and that costs you game because the talent level in the NFL on most rosters is so close. It's about being able to understand and play the game the way it's supposed to be played, or at least to your strength as far as your team is concerned.
2: Interesting stuff, and maybe that's why we've seen the Falcons be a little bit better since they've made the coaching change a few weeks back. Deuce, always appreciate your insight and appreciate you uh, giving us a few minutes of your time.
4: No problem at all. Thank you for having
2: me. Deuce McAllister, joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Update, for those of you that were concerned, yes, my son has been picked up with school. Just a little piece of confusion. All is well. All is well. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll be right back. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Well, Pac-12, we barely even knew you. This Saturday is when it was supposed to be happening, start of the Pac-12, and it's going to in some places. Orky, you remember we walked through the uh, the big schedule of games yesterday, kind of looking all over the country. We talked about how, hey, man, you got a 9 o'clock kickoff game on the West Coast with Washington and Cal? Statement from the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has approved a request from Cal to cancel the Washington at Cal football game scheduled for Saturday. decision was made under the Pac-12's football game cancellation policy due to Cal not having the minimum number of scholarship players available for the game as a result of a positive football student-athlete COVID-19 case and resulting isolation of additional football student-athletes under contact tracing protocols. The game will be declared a no contest. The health and safety of our student-athletes and all those connected to Pac-12 football programs will continue to be our number one priority. That's a bummer. But
0: not overly surprising. Not one me. bit. Yeah, this this is this is I, I was thinking about this. You know, they obviously the Pac twelve did this. They want to try to get into the playoff, right? But right. We, we we all know that's that's unlikely. Wouldn't that have been a better financial decision to play a ten game season and let everybody have a, as close to a full schedule as you could? To make, wouldn't you have made more money doing that than depending on I don't on think so because,
2: no? I mean, I, I, I guess maybe from a television standpoint, but it's not like they're going to have fans in the stands. not oh, like they're selling any tickets. Yeah. Never mind 20% or 25% competitive. They're not selling any tickets. That's a good I mean, point. There's I a debate think about that. as to whether or not even parents are going to be allowed, which I think the answer is no. Wasn't there a, um, a request by, where did I read that? Was it Southern Cal or UCLA where there was a request to allow some parents into the stands? To be able to watch, and that request was denied by LA public health officials?
3: Absurd. And to answer your question, King Biscuit, yeah. One case, one canceled this game.
2: And it, I mean, y- yes, 100% accurate. One positive, but then the fallout from contact tracing.
0: They must have done the test before the election, because I was told that after the election day, there was no more coronavirus.
3: Well, winter hasn't been decided yet, so there's still time.
0: No, no, they said election day. I was very... Uh, I kept track. Uh, it, it was November 4th. It was
3: all going to be over. Yeah, and, but, but that's... So, a couple of conferences have done some internal reviewing on their contact tracing, including the SEC, right? Yeah. Because guys are missing games that... That shouldn't be, and so they've decided, you know, we probably took this a step too far, especially quarantining them longer than the actual positives never really made a whole lot of sense. we got to fix this or else we're not going to have a season, and maybe the Pac-12 needs to do the same thing, because if one case ends a game, then you're not getting out of week three. It's just it's not happening. You're not even getting out of week one. I,
2: don't the I, I mean, look. I, I get that we're. I don't know if this qualifies as beating a dead horse. Just kind of a different way of looking at it. All the the angst, angst and hand wringing and pearl clutching about the SEC, ACC, and Big Twelve beginning their seasons. Well, what what has happened? Well, you've had a few cancellations, but you know what? You, you look up and you've got a bunch of ACC teams that have played six or seven or eight games already. SMU will be playing its eighth game. And SMU had a game canceled. SMU obviously in the American. West Virginia and Texas will each be playing their seventh game this weekend. Liberty and Virginia Tech will both be playing their seventh game when they meet up this weekend. Florida had a game canceled. They'll be playing their fifth. Georgia will be playing its sixth coming off an open date. Houston had multiple games canceled at the beginning of the year. What was it? They had either three or four different scheduled start dates, something like that, season openers. They're playing their fifth game this weekend. Poor Kansas is 0-6, but they're still plugging along. (laughs) The little legend that couldn't. I mean, Clemson will be playing its eighth game of the year they are 7-0 and they are meeting 6-0 and Notre Dame who has had a game canceled it's almost like starting the season at the end of September turned out to be a really good plan
3: and the SEC had multiple teams Vanderbilt Florida for example that Missouri that really had some issues Missouri had double-digit guys out Vanderbilt barely fielded a roster against South Carolina but they did Florida had to get a game canceled, but you had the built-in week. And now, I mean, we're sitting here. We'll spend time today, and, and you guys will tomorrow, talking about SEC football games because they're going to be played. And then the week after is a really good slate. Next weekend, I don't know if you guys have looked at it, really nice slate, bunch of games. Very confident that most, if not all, get played. It, it feels normal around here as far as like the football and its ability to get played.
2: It feels normal. It was so much fun the first 4 weeks of the season where all 7 where you had 7 SEC games going and all 14 teams were playing. Yeah. And then weeks 4, weeks 5, 6 and 7, which we're in week 7 right now, were the window where everybody was taking their bye. That, that's just how it was scheduled. All of the open dates were coming in a 3-week window in weeks 5, 6 and 7. So after the 4th game, the 5th game or the 6th game so you got your last last batch of teams who have open dates this week in the SEC. And Borkey pointing to that slate next week, Georgia at Missouri, Vanderbilt at Kentucky, Texas AM so at the, Tennessee, Auburn so at Mississippi the games were State. Good. Say what? Well, let's but he said the games were good. Alabama at LSU, Arkansas at Florida, South Carolina at all this. I'll take Stop that. It. It's not a terrible slate. Storylines no, abound in that one. And you guys no,
0: know me. You know I'm just messing with you. I'll take any college football oh, yeah. and get my hands on.
3: But but eliminating the first two, Alabama LSU has all kinds of storylines wrapped up in it, especially because the outcome of that game is going to really say something about LSU. Arkansas, Florida's kind of interesting. Is Arkansas... Hold on, hold on, a, second, hold on a second.
2: What's the outcome of Alabama LSU going to say about LSU. I mean, it's going to be 21 points or more. talking about the spread or the final? The final. I don't know what the spread will be,
3: but the spread will be double digits, two touchdowns probably. And, I mean. LSU just got beat by 38 by Auburn. Yeah. And so we'll do a segment later. Hopefully, we have time to get to it where I, I ask you a question about LSU. But, man, there is. Something to be said about everything that LSU lost. It's no joke. They lost freaking everything. But a point I made, I guess it was on Sunday, Nick Saban does that on an annual basis. And no, Mm -hmm. there's really no coach in college football that is Nick Saban. But Ohio State has dealt with NCAA scandal and coaching turnover, and look at them. They don't miss a beat. Clemson has had multiple coordinators go elsewhere, and look at them. They don't miss a beat. They get players drafted every year. And then, of course, Alabama. How many coordinators has Nick Saban turned over? How many troubled coordinators has he brought in? And it's like nothing at all changes. And so, when you look at LSU this year, it's a very unique year in a ten-game schedule, and they lost an unprecedented amount of stuff. But they just won a national championship, and they will look like they don't belong on the field with Alabama one year later. Yeah, hot take.
0: Uh, LSU should be favored, or Alabama should be favored more against LSU than they were against Mississippi State. Ooh, I like it though. That's spicy. I mean, could you? Could we see LSU as like a thirty-five point underdog in that game? They can't stop anybody.
2: it's hard for me to believe the brand of LSU would be a thirty-five point underdog. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not they not shouldn't disagree. be.
0: I'm not disagreeing with you there. Yeah, from a perspective standpoint, we're like LSU, a 35 point underdog. Who are they playing? The Saints. But yes, from if you look at Vegas doesn't doesn't look at that. They don't look at the brand. They're gonna look at and, and they'll look oh, if they I do get the brand into
2: the lines. I think uh, if they because look at the brand, how else it'll be
0: it'll be. Uh, hey, we could probably get a lot of suckers. who will see. Oh, LSU's that big on underdog. They'll probably bet on them, and then they lose 52 to nothing.
2: But that's what I mean by the brand is built into that number. How okay. else do you explain Michigan as a favorite against Indiana on the road this week? Yeah.
3: No, you're not wrong. There you're are wrong. people that will put money on LSU if the line's like 17, just because it's LSU. There's no way, and there very much is a way. Guess the line right now. Early line? Um, Out of LSU? LSU? What would it just guess. What do you think it's going to be right 24 and now? a half. It won't be as big.
2: 20... It'll open at 22. Wow. I mean, think about that. They're a year better, removed. You better pound it early because it won't stay there. Yeah. yeah. They're one
3: year removed from 15-0 and having one of the more remarkable seasons in the history of the sport.
2: One year later. Last night, we got the opening night of Maction. One game was decided by four... One game was decided by three. One game was decided by a touchdown. And then there were some blowouts mixed in as well. Also a power outage. And a winner from Michael Borky on the Pearl River Resort pick of the day. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, look at what happened in the mac matching last night. Next. Hey Dad, did you wear out the buttons on the remote control last night flipping around the four games that were on television at the same time from the Mac?
0: No, I was I was busy doing podcasts last night. I
2: didn't get to see a lot of action. Wow, I would have thought that uh, that would have been like a national holiday for you.
0: I mean, I like the action. Don't get me wrong, but no, I, I didn't get to
2: see any. Kent State beat Eastern Michigan twenty-seven to twenty-three. Western Michigan rolled up 58 on Akron. Oh, the poor Zips starting the season in a hole.
0: Started the season with an onside kick that went badly, I asked, is that correct? Yeah. Was hey,
2: I close. love it though. I love it though. It was close. Uh Buffalo goes to DeKalb, Illinois and knocks off Northern Illinois 49 to 30. Central Michigan It's a three-point win over the Ohio Bobcats. They beat them 30-27, to long live the Chippewas. Uh, Jim McElwain's Chippewas. Jim McElwain's Chippewas beat Frank Solich's Ohio Bobcats. Who,
3: by the way, is never mentioned in the conversation that we have, and everybody has basically every offseason, about uniforms. Ohio U,
2: clean uniforms. Yeah, very sharp. Let's see. Frank Solich has now been the head coach at Ohio since 2005. Yeah. He is 76 years old. Played at Nebraska and finished there in 1965 as a fullback. Doesn't really look like a fullback today, but it was a different era. Began his coaching career in 1966 at. Omaha Holy Name High School, spent a couple of years there, a couple of years at Lincoln Southeast High School, also in Nebraska. He was the coach of the freshman team at Nebraska from 1979 until 1982, and then spent 15 seasons as the running backs coach under Senator Tom Osborne. Before being named head coach, he was that from 98 to 93, out of the game for a year, and since 2005 has been the head coach of the Ohio Bobcats. Trivia time.
0: He's not, he not the longest-tenured head coach in FBS. He's tied for third. How many can you name that are tied with or ahead of him? Um, Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. That's number one.
2: Oh, bad radio here. That's all right. It's, it's trivia. Yeah, just, oh, goodness. The like FBS. We're on the, do- we're
0: on the dozen, Borky. Five, four, three, two. All right, second place is Gary Patterson at oh, TCU. Yeah. Good call. And he's, t- he's tied with Mike Gundy and Kyle Winningham.
2: So stability in the Big 12 at Oklahoma State and at TCU. Yeah. But Patterson has been the head coach of TCU for in three different conferences. At least three, yeah, right? And, well, like, Gundy, he's been kind of like a cockroach. It's would been a long time since, been since been he was since 40 O5. and he was a
0: man. Never would have guessed it, he's been there since five. It just feels like he's been there, like, maybe 10 years.
2: Yeah. And how many times has his name legitimately been in the the race for another job? What, I twice mean, twice his, his name right? has been min- mentioned multiple in multiple coaching searches at Tennessee. Yeah, not to mention some uh, other places along the way. Hmm, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, who else in the MAC last night? Miami won thirty-eight thirty-one over Ball State. Borky gave you that pick yesterday. That was a pick'em game.
3: Yeah, and their coach a bizarre Zoom press conference after the game. So they were either a pick'em or a one-point underdog going into the game. Okay, and they win by a touchdown. So the odds makers kind of nailed it because if you're a one-point favorite and you win by a touchdown, it was a close game until you scored that game-winning touchdown. After the game, he's like, "Which,
2: which? By the way, it was tied at thirty-one late." ball State got the football back on their own side of the field and if the quarterback puts just a little loft on the football instead of throwing it directly to a linebacker who tips it up into the air to himself that's a play that goes for 30 40 50 yards and we might not be talking about Miami as a winner
3: yeah and coach everything All right was like, so what happened in the press conference he was like well we we're underdog again and we won the game I don't know what it's going to take to get odds makers to respect our football team because they don't respect our football team' it's like What are you talking about? First of all, you're Miami, with all due respect, but... The other Miami. The the odds makers don't care about your program and the respect it gets. They care about making money. And number two, you won the game. Shut up.
2: And Toledo at home in the Glass Bowl just routed Bowling Green 38-3. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Good to be with you. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. In about 20 minutes, Lee Startling will join us from Paramount Sports. We'll talk with him about some of his picks for the weekend. Also, Cole Kubelik will join the conversation later today in the 5 o'clock hour. We are, uh, we are glad to be along with you. The C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Be honest. You know your business de- deserves better. So get better with a C Spire business, internet, and phone bundle backed by real support. See how C Spire can power your success today at cspire.com slash business. Three football games happening tonight. You've got uh, the NFL. Packers are a seven-point favorite in San Francisco against the uh, 49ers. Is it surprising that that's only a seven-point line? Especially
0: with all the injuries and everything that's happening with the 49ers right now. Yeah, it's a little surprising.
2: Borky gave us an unbelievable stat yesterday.
3: Yeah. So well, I tonight here
2: for that. Let me hear
3: it. Tonight, the 49ers uh, will not have a single player play tonight that touched the football in the Super Bowl earlier this year.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. They're the LSU of the NFL.
3: Man, people – so I have this in in the notes, but there are some people that think this is it for Garoppolo in San Francisco.
2: Because of his inju- his susceptibility to injury and how much money they owe him. Yeah. And so
3: it, it got me thinking. Because the quarterback market, again, is going to be really fascinating. Because you have a draft with, that features Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And then another guy from North Dakota State that people are really high on. Pretty good quarterback class. And so your teams that are desperate for one will draft one. But you have Cam Newton that's a free agent, Possibly. Jameis Winston, that's possibly a free agent. Garoppolo might be out there. Dak Prescott doesn't have a contract. He probably is going to get one from Dallas. But if I were his agent, I'm, I'm making some calls and seeing what anybody else is willing to offer me.
2: And, and then, which, which he, now, now Dak doesn't, he's not an unrestricted free agent. Dallas could put the tag on him again this year. They he could, can do that in consecutive yeah. years. So he can't they just better go out and shop that. himself to the highest bidder. They better not do that.
3: There might be a revolt in Dallas if they don't give him an offer. But he'll, he'll be the quarterback of the Cowboys for a long time, especially now. But what does New Orleans do? What does Indianapolis do? Rivers has been okay, but he's on his last leg. I'm interested to see what happens to Sam Darnold, what happens to, to Winston and Jimmy G, because now the Saints are shopping. Maybe they stick with Winston. We'll see. If Brees' shoulder's still bad, we'll get to see Jameis on Sunday in a revenge game against his old team.
2: I didn't really get the sense in talking to Deuce earlier that there's any concern that Drew Brees is not going to play.
3: If his shoulder's still sore, though, by tomorrow, you don't have to play him. You don't need to force him into it right now.
2: You don't have to, but if it's just soreness, I mean... There's no damage there. Either way, it, um, do you look at Jimmy Garoppolo
3: if you're New Orleans? Is that somebody that you consider? The price tag's pretty high.
2: I, I was going to say, why would New Orleans feel better about paying him $21 million a year when he's injury-prone than San Francisco is? Yeah. No.
3: Well, San Francisco's no kind of looking for a reset. I mean, altogether. The Saints, even after Breeze leaves this season, they still have a roster that can win immediately. And they don't need elite-level quarterback play. We're learning it this season. Drew Brees has the lowest air yards per pass in the NFL. They beat the Bears when his, his pass averaged four yards through the air. And they just yeah. went to Chicago and won. All they need is somebody that will distribute the football well enough and really not screw it up. And that's kind of Garoppolo's M.O. That's what took them to a Super Bowl last year. The 49ers were built very similar to the Saints last year. Weapons everywhere. Good running game, good receivers, good tight end, good offensive line. That's what the Saints have. All they need is a guy that just distributes the football. They could win a Super Bowl next year with a guy like Garoppolo. Or they could blow it up, reset, and draft a guy or something like that, but... I think they might be in the sweepstakes for somebody like him. Him or Darnold or, I mean, this is a galaxy brain thing. I'm just throwing this out there, but sign Ryan Fitzpatrick and draft a guy. If he's willing to do that because he didn't like what just happened to him in Miami. But Breeze is gone and they, they have to find a way to move forward with him. But I think the roster is still in win now mode.
2: Ryan Fitzpatrick might not like the idea of that, but you've also got to look in the mirror and realize where you are in your career and who you are. It's been a really, really good and profitable run for Ryan Fitzpatrick over the course of more than a decade. But I don't know that there's a team in the NFL who is saying, you know what, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the answer for us. Let's go sign him to a four-year $65 $65 million contract with $50 million of that guaranteed. But yep, if the Saints say, you're not our long-term plan, but we're just going to be really honest about this. Ryan, you're not our long-term plan. But we got a roster that's built to win right now. You're a good quarterback. You're a veteran. You fit in this locker room, and we'll sign you to a two-year deal. A two-year deal deal for eighteen million dollars, twenty-two million dollars, you know, whatever the number is. And I'm just kind of shooting from the hip on that, but yeah. I mean, is he really in a position at this point in his career to argue with that idea?
0: Well, the only thing is, does he want to do that again? You know, he can, he can probably get some decent money elsewhere. Where do you, do you want to go somewhere where you're like, but, you're not but looking elsewhere over to
2: do what? To be the I starter? Don't know. Has he I been know. on a
3: Super Bowl team? Does he have a ring, even as a backup? No, I don't think so, no, right?
0: No, 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 no. I mean, I, I just think I just think about the way he reacted when Tua took over for him. I don't know that he would want to be in a situation where he's just constantly looking over his shoulder, saying they might decide
3: to go
2: another way any second now. Yeah, probably get some points for the way he's handled it because he has okay. absolutely handled it like the consummate professional.
3: Because he's just world class. I've been thinking about this situation, though, for the last couple of days. If you're New Orleans, what do you do? Because I don't think you bring in Jameis just to rehab him and teach him a whole lot of stuff and then ship him off. But also, you could probably get a talented guy. And Jameis is in the upper tier of talent, just raw talent in the NFL. Now, between the years is a serious problem, but raw talent, he's way up there. But do you want a guy that has thrown 30 interceptions and that has scandal in his background? When you can probably find a guy that's talented that...
2: Yeah, they're not worried about scandal. They're worried about 30
3: picks. So so then, do you look to move on? Because when
2: Breeze goes, you've got options. Of course they do. The New Orleans Saints aren't going with Jameis Winston as their starting quarterback for an extended period of time. I
3: mean, do you think it might have just been a failsafe? Because they Taysom
2: Hill's the guy. Right.
3: But they still brought him in. And I wonder if it's more of just like last year, where, where they signed him just in case Breeze goes down, goes down for a few weeks. You can win with this guy. Because, yeah, like be. you said, you're not winning with Taysom Hill at quarterback. It's not happening.
2: The Jimmy Garoppolo thing is fascinating. There was that big, massive trade between the Niners and the, uh, uh, the Patriots. That was only three years ago. Yeah. Garoppolo missed 13 games in 2018 with the torn ACL, which is a freak injury. It happens. Last year, as the starter, healthy for the entire season, 49ers went 13 and 3. And if I remember correctly, had a chance to win the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the season. And now this year, in 2020, he's out for the next six weeks and has already missed two games. So you're looking at your starting franchise quarterback missing thirteen games in year one, being spectacular in year two, and missing half the season at best in year three. Can you continue to be as heavily invested as you are in him at that position? No, it's a good, it's a good question. Something. But, but okay, it's a roll of the dice, right? If you let him go, and what would the best example be? The best example would be Drew Brees.
0: That's, that's a good point, yeah.
2: Let go from the West Coast? Concerned about injuries? Is he going to Miami or is he going to New Orleans? Drew, we're still a little mad at you that you didn't go to Miami. Unless you're a Saints fan. What, would have saved Who? a lot of Who people a lot of trouble. I, I we, collectively, it. the Southeastern Conference, are still mad I that you weren't cleared by that schmuck of a doctor in South Florida. To go be the quarterback for Nick Saban and the Miami Dolphins. What a stat from Mike in Oxford. Ryan
3: Fitzpatrick has beaten the Jacksonville Jaguars as the quarterback of six different teams.
1: Hmm.
2: (laughs) What a stat. Wishes he could play every game against Jacksonville. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back with you. It is 20 minutes after four on Thursday afternoon, and that means it's time for us to go to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau, to talk with our good friend Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Lee, happy Thursday.
1: Yeah, it's nice to get out of the house. The wife asked if I wanted to hang around uh, yesterday by midday. I'm like, I've had enough of this selection. I think I'm done.
2: Yeah. But, uh, hey. H- help me help me understand this so yep. people were looking at election odds all night mm-hmm. but that's only something that you can wager on offshore is that is that correct in sports books in the United States you cannot have um legal gambling on American politics is that accurate
1: that is accurate but I think by the next election I think that'll change so I did not see this number so I went to sleep about one thirty your time at a little after 3:30 your time now remember at one time joe biden was a minus 180 when when the morning started election day he was a mm-hmm. minus 180 you would have had to wager 180 to win 100 right at, at, at in the wee hours of the morning he had gone from a 180 favorite to a plus 520 underdog yep so uh if you were smart enough and you and I and, and and everyone else at the station would have bet it, uh we wouldn't be here today. We'd probably own one of those islands. So, uh I was sleeping. <laughs> but um just interesting to see that the swings that that go on in games. I mean there's some games, you know, this year remember that Atlanta Dallas game at one point. Um you could have wagered a hundred dollars and won over over four thousand on the cal- uh, on the uh on the Cowboys in that game, but yeah. um, and this uh, you could have turned around and made a nice, a nice killing if you knew what you if you were doing. If if Biden ends up winning the election, so just just one of the the weird things that goes on in gambling.
2: Let's start with the uh, game of the week, which is the Thursday night football game tonight. Uh, opportunity for a uh, free play there with you, right?
1: Yeah. So they want to start off the week right. Just call me here at the office. 800-400-9741 will give you the Green Bay game. Line started the week at Green Bay minus two and a half. They're now a seven and a half point favorite. So we'll see if it's a blowout and Green Bay avenges the two losses last year in San Francisco in the regular season and also in the championship game. Or, you know, is this, uh, One of those games like the Giants last week, one of these ugly, muck-it-up games where uh, the underdogs got a chance, and we're having a great year. I've talked about it all year. Eight out of nine winning weeks. And I was checking, I sell my picks at a a site called Covers.com, and I'm number one out of 33 services there since the season started the last 60 days. Checked on 10 sites. There's no one even close to what we've done here at Paramount Sports. So they want to hop on board. We've won eight out of nine weeks. We rate our games from 10 to 50 units. I rarely have 40 to 50-unit plays. In fact, I think over the last 12 years we're 49, 15, and 1. For the first time ever, I have two in one day. A 40-unit on Thursday – on Saturday – and also one later in the day on Saturday night, a 50-unit play. So they want to hop on board. They purchase the game individually for the weekend, the month, or the season, ParamountSports.com.
2: All right, you can do that online at Paramount Sports. Uh, Lee is he's very transparent with regard to what he does, so remember that the games that we pick are not the only games that necessarily you're getting from him if, uh, if you subscribe to his service. Did go one and four in the games that we talked about on the radio last week. So we got to bounce back from that. Yep. But otherwise things going really, really well. Let's jump into some of these college games. Clemson is at Notre Dame. Clemson is a favorite. Despite the fact that Trevor Lawrence is not playing in this game, Clemson's sitting there at number one in the country, seven and zero on the year. Notre Dame also undefeated. Clemson is a favorite. What is it still about five and a half? I think mm-hmm. maybe started at four.
1: Yeah, it's going up a little bit, but it's pretty much stuck there five-and-a-half the rest of the week. So uh, here's what's interesting about this game. If if Trevor Lawrence had played in the game last week and they had to start the backup, this Kid DJ, who was actually the number one kid in the country, recruit uh, a quarterback a couple years ago, then I might look to Notre Dame. But by him playing in the game last week, and they were down in the third quarter, 28-13, Gaining that valuable experience, I think it's positive for Clemson. Obviously, playing Trevor Lawrence would be a little bit better, but um, the kid I think is going to be a star. Uh, Clemson's defense. So when I'm making notes of games, I'm watching games, the note I keep writing down during games is great tackle behind the line of scrimmage and the number next to it. And a good college defense will have four to five tackles for loss per game. Clemson's averaging 9.3 tackles for loss. Hmm. And I'm watching this Notre Dame offense, and without Claypool, Ian Book has absolutely no confidence at all. His receivers are getting no separation. And if they have to you know, try to work through some second and 14, some third and eights, I think it's going to be tough. I like Clemson, 28 20.
2: 28 20 Clemson. Do we know much yet about the health of Clemson defensively, specifically James Skolsky?
1: No, not yet. They're, I mean, there's some teams, they're really trying to hide what's going on there, but. Uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence will be there. He'll just be on the sideline.
2: <laughs> yeah. So groin injury that uh, is lingering for uh, James Kowski at uh, at Clemson. All right. So twenty eight twenty Clemson over uh, Notre Dame. That's your uh, first pick. Mississippi State eighteen and a half point favorite against Vanderbilt, and this is all kinds of interesting to me because Vanderbilt saw him in person last week. They're really, really, really bad. But yeah. offensively. Since their opener against LSU, Mississippi State has been really, really, really bad. That's a big line for an offense that has scored an average of 23, about six and a half points a game, five points a game for the last four weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're going to score more than that. But um, here's the thing about Vanderbilt. I mean, their freshman quarterback, Ken Seals, um, he, I mean, he started to look better. I know a lot of it was in garbage time last week, but you know that new offense in Porterville. He was pretty Louisiana impressive under Todd Fitch. Showed a few signs. Uh, he did throw for three hundred nineteen, three hundred nineteen yards is a lot, even in garbage time. And I know it was against Ole Miss, but uh, I mean the under is probably the, the way to look at this game, but. Just think that uh, if you're watching this game, uh, you might want to think about uh, the whole thing. Maybe, you know, having some nice food around, have, maybe having a few shots of lick or something uh, to keep you sane. But I, I worked this game out here, and I got Mississippi State winning this game 20 to 12. So I'm going to take the points available.
2: <laughs> hey, Dad, couldn't help but, but kind of. Hey, Dad, I was love... miserable.
0: Well, Never mind that, I just want from from Lee's lips to God's ears get that good food and the shots up in the press box on Saturday.
1: <laughs> hey. total, total is 44.5. You don't see totals that low very often, but uh, I think the under is probably the best play there.
2: Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Georgia is a 3.5-point favorite uh, against Florida in the cocktail party down in Jacksonville. Limited capacity, but there will be some fans at that game. Uh, Georgia has had their issues offensively. Florida has had their issues defensively. Are the Gators getting points here? Is that a gift?
1: I think so. So here, here's what's interesting. A couple weeks ago, before they played Alabama, I thought Georgia was the best team in the country. But sometimes you play a game like that and you lose, and you get goose egged in the second half, and just the way they lost, they were dominated. Sometimes your psyche, it's done. And now, on top of that, you got three key defensive players out, two starters on the defensive line, Jordan Davis for Georgia and uh, Julian Rochester, and then also Richard LeCount there. I think he's a superstar at safety, the glue that keeps them together. I, I just think they should have made the changes. Their quarterback, I've been saying this all year, Stetson Bennett, um, he's just not the guy that's going to take you the distance. They're running the ball the last three weeks, last three games, 43, 50, and 45 times. And they've only thrown it 14, 27, 28. They're going to have to throw the ball more if they want to be successful against top teams because, Florida's defensive line is coming on if you watch the second half against Missouri last week. Kyle Trask, the game last year, you know, if they win that game, everyone's talking about his performance. He was 21 for 33 and two touchdowns. It just, Georgia just kept converting every third down. I think they were like 75 to 80% on those third down conversions in that game, and Trask just wasn't on the field that much. So I think he has the better weapons at tight end, receiver, long team's favorite, Florida 27 23.
2: 27 23 Gators over Georgia. No word yet as to whether or not Dan Mullen is going to coach the game in a Darth Vader costume.
1: <laughs> or some <sighs> other type of costume.
2: Yeah, or some other type of costume. Uh, what about the Saints? Saints and uh, Tampa Bay meeting for the second time this year playback in the season opener. Saints won that one in the dome. This time is in uh, it's in Tampa Bay. At Raymond James Stadium, uh, T- Tom and Tampa Bay, five-point favorite. Only got about 30 seconds left, Lee.
1: Yeah, weather could be a factor here, so please beware. But uh, New Orleans is finding ways to win. Even though the Bucks. people think you know they lost that first game looking for a uh, nice little revenge, but they're 20th in yards per pass play attempt, 19th in yards per carry rushing here. I prefer the Saints, who are actually 6-7 uh, on the road. Uh, give me the Saints outright, thirty-four, thirty-one. Like I said, they want to hop on board. Biggest weekend ever at Paramount Sports. A 40 and a 50 and play on Saturday, ParamountSports.com.
2: Check it out online, ParamountSports.com or 800-400-9741. Thanks, Lee. Have a great weekend. You too. It's always the same. It's just a shame. That's all. Sports talk Mississippi with you on this Thursday afternoon. Always enjoy our visits with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Said he's got a forty-unit play and a fifty-unit play coming up on uh, Saturday this week. So maybe if things go well there, chance to uh, to make some bank. If you are so inclined, you can check it out at paramountsports.com. Uh, he had Mississippi State winning twenty to twelve over Vanderbilt. Hey Dad, I wish I wish people could that that are only listening could see your oh. face right now.
0: You see the pain? Oh my god, if it's like that, oh my gosh. Oh. You might as well lose if you're gonna win by that
2: margin. Twenty to twelve, does that indicate a missed extra point or a couple of field goals kicked?
0: I'm worried about Vandy. Is that four field goals? I mean, are we gonna get a six field goal game? Oh.
2: Oh Gosh, no. Vandy, no, Vandy! No, Vandy! Vandy would score a touchdown, miss an extra point, and then chase points later in the game and not right. convert. It, it would be two touchdowns. One of them would be a defensive touchdown, by the way. God, I'm just
0: uh got the heebie-jeebies just thinking about that game like that.
2: Defensive touchdown early, missed extra point, nothing in between, and then a garbage touchdown late where they go for two, chasing points, and didn't work out.
0: Yeah. God that'll be awful.
2: <laughs> I who knows though, right? I mean it, I don't. It, you you have been very open about saying that you have no read on this season. And it I feel feels like I have like more it, of a read now, but yeah. Is there a read on Mississippi State though?
0: They're not very good, right? And and that's pretty much all you need to know, but f- from everything I'm reading about Vanderbilt and everything people are telling me, you included, Vanderbilt is worse.
2: So. Averaging 5.25 points over the last four games. Yeah. Offensively? And that's, yeah, that's, yeah. You,
1: Seven
0: and a half total. The, the, five and a quarter make, offensively. Make sure you take that pick six and the safety out of there when you do that math. Don't give the, yeah. the offense credit for the defense's points. Yeah,
2: that, that, that's where I got to five and a quarter. I, I think 21 yeah. divided by yeah. four, that's where you, how you get to that number. That is correct. Aye, aye, aye. That we man, mentioned the, the NFL game right? football. Utah State is at Nevada. Utah State's getting 18 points. I think they're winless on the young season. Number uh, Wyoming as a three-point favorite at Colorado State. Borky, are you feeling any of these for the uh, Pearl River Resort pick of the day?
3: Just the NFL game.
2: Yeah, the I kind of lean in game. that direction as well. I like the Packers. Feels too easy. Yeah, too easy. Well, oh, up, 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 up. don't say that. I know, but that's Because if that's how you feel, then we have to go the other way.
0: Oh, Don't worry. Don't, but I have another new system in place for tomorrow's picks. I'm excited to unveil it. You uh,
2: you had a little better week last week, didn't you? Was I like two two and three or something? Yeah, something like that. Or, Borky, was it you that had a better week? Hold on. We didn't revisit these on
3: Monday. We did not. I had a good weekend. I should have had a great weekend, but a decided to allow a backdoor cover.
2: Yeah, uh, so last week I had Georgia, that was a loss. I had LSU, that was a loss. Ole Miss covered, Mississippi State did not. Arkansas, all-time backdoor cover, and Florida. So I went 3-3. Three three. Borky had Georgia, that was a loss. Auburn was a win, Ole Miss was a win, Alabama was a win, a and was a loss, Florida was a win. So he went 4-2. And hey, Dad, Georgia loss, LSU loss, Ole Miss win, Bama win, Arkansas win, Mizzou loss, three and three. Hey, I didn't lose any ground. All right, so I got to, uh, I'm at 19 and 17 on the year. Borky with his four and two week gets to 17 and 19, and hey, Dad gets to 13 and 23.
0: This is the week I turn it around. I'm going four and this week. On the back of my new system, I can feel it. Instead of flipping a coin, are you going to spin it and see which way it falls? Not not, not even close. I got someone doing research for me. It's going to be great.
2: Do you? Yeah. Are you having to pay your daughters to do this?
0: No, uh, she said she'd do it for free. My 11-year-old daughter, Emily, will unveil her picks tomorrow, and I'll go with those. Oh, I like it. And I I told her to make a pick and to give me a couple of reasons why she's making it. It's not just a pick. I want some I want some explanation.
4: We're going so uniforms and
0: mascots, you think, maybe? I can't wait to see what she comes up with. She's mm-hmm. very imaginative, so should be good stuff. Hopefully good stuff. Hmm.
2: c <laughs> text line, open 601-879-4395. Rest of the NFL slate this week. Uh, so we, we've talked about kind of the full slate of college games. San Francisco and the Packers get it started tonight. The early games on Sunday, Broncos at Falcons, Seahawks at Bills, Seattle's a three-point favorite. Buffalo finally won. They Buffalo really has not played well in about a month, and yet they're still sitting there at 6-2. and two. Uh, Bears at Titans. Tennessee's got to find a way to win. Ravens at Colts, that could be a fun game. Yeah,
3: I wonder when we're allowed to start talking talking about Lamar Jackson in his appropriate context.
2: Cuz I know How, What do you mean?
3: Because it's just blasphemy to say that Lamar Jackson may not be the greatest thing that's ever happened to the National Football League. But I heard this comparison last week and I thought it was a great one. He's Russell Westbrook that's Lamar Ooh. Jackson, incredibly talented, puts up great stats and yards, and wins like crazy in the regular season. But come playoff time, virtually ineffective. I don't hate that.
0: No. That's, that's a good comparison.
2: Uh, I, th- this would be my thing. Can we please stop, and maybe there's not a lot of this going on, but some of it, and you know the reason that some of it happens. But can we please stop putting Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes in the same sentence? Thank you. Preach, preach. They're not even close. It's not. It's not. They're they're, they're not the same. And, and and I feel like part of the reason that they are lumped there together is because of skin tone. But Lamar Jackson was great last year spectacular and was a better passer than I thought he was going to be in the NFL and he may end up having a great long prosperous exceptional NFL career but if you told me hey you got to pick one of those guys who's it going to be I mean there were people a year ago that would have said give me Lamar Jackson long term uh nope Find me the quarterback whose legs are his best gift that has been a long-term success in the NFL. Like I'll the wait. An-
0: the best answer is Russell Wilson, but he's an outstanding passer, so I-, I wouldn't say that his mobility is his best
3: gift.
2: No, it's
3: not. And Vic was an outstanding passer, too. And I mean... Lamar Jackson was not a slouch last year. He had a touchdown to interception ratio of 36 to 6, won the league MVP. But even after the season was over, who was the most valuable player in the league? It wasn't him. A good player, but you saw it against Pittsburgh last week, which is why I asked the question in the comparison about him and Russell Westbrook. Because what happened against Pittsburgh? Probably the best team in that conference right now. The same thing that happens in the playoffs. Yeah. And Bowling like Gulfport
2: you know, says uh, Randall Cunningham. That's, that's was, a good Wasn't one. he a little bit of an undervalued passer, though?
0: He was a real... I mean, he had a great arm. He's an undervalued punter, too. <laughs> good point. But I agree with what, a little bit with what Richard said. I think the NFL is just so desperate for this Mahomes-Jackson rivalry to be a thing that... They have done Lamar Jackson a disservice. Guy's a great quarterback. He's going to win a lot of games and he'll have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl because that's a good team around him. But he's not on that same, he's not on the same tier with Mahomes at all. Or Russell Wilson. Or Russell Wilson. No, no, no question about that. But he is a really, really good quarterback and he's going to win a lot of games and be successful in the NFL. He'll
2: get better as a passer too, I think. Panthers at the Chiefs. Kansas City's a ten-and-a-half-point favorite. Call me crazy, but if you made me pick right now, I would lean in the direction of taking ten-and-a-half points for Carolina? Might be
3: dumb. No, they're playing well. I know they just lost again, but yeah, you can tell there's a shift with that organization and how it's being run. Matt Rule can really coach.
2: Mm hmm. Big time. Lions are at the Vikings. Matt Stafford is out. Giants are at Washington. Giants played their best half of football by a long shot on Monday night. And they followed it up with a PU stinky second half. We'll be right back. I speak of the of love. Back with you on Sports NBA. Talk Mississippi streaming at Supertalk.fm. You wrong, you Richard They're Cross, wrong. Michael Borky Say but what? We've really we've really buried the lead today. You want I didn't think you really wanted to talk about election stuff.
0: No, 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 no. That's not. That's not the big story today, in my opinion. Okay. If, if I'm looking at my Facebook correctly, it's somebody is uh, 40 years old today.
2: Who is that somebody? Ha! Old man, right there in the middle
0: of. Uh, if you're <laughs> looking at Super Talk TV, Mr. Richard Cross, happy birthday to you, boss man.
2: Thank you, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Forty does currently not feel a whole lot different than 39. Uh, we'll give it a week. Yeah, You were born the same year Georgia won their last
3: national championship. Nobody stings the
0: other
2: Bulldogs like Michael Borky, man. Gosh. Isn't it, is it that the truth? Herschel. Herschel, Herschel, Herschel. Oh, but, but don't you worry. Will nev-
0: you will never get a drive time show in Atlanta. Let me just go ahead and tell you, <laughs> that's
3: never happening.
2: Oh, heck, they probably
3: like somebody like me to just piss everyone Maybe off all day long. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
3: But um, it's a bad year for book writers. You got to flip the script for a losing record LSU, and then uh, return to glory when Georgia is as inept offensively as they are, forty years removed from a national championship. Maybe write the books after everything is finished. That's you
2: know, that's just yeah. me. What would we call? Well, at least the, you got Happy you know, Land coming out next week.
3: Yeah. What
0: would we call the biography of Richard Cross? What would we call it? cross money. I don't know.
2: Dick. Fact.
3: <laughs> An apt name for a book right there.
0: Ah, it's a real page turner.
2: I mean, hard to put down. I love it when uh, uh, look, hey dad doesn't generally speaking enjoy my sense of humor. That's not true. Oh, well, maybe not. Maybe not. I love it when I could just drop a little one word or one liner in there, and he just yeah. like folds over away from the microphone, giggling. It's, it's because I don't expect it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been a great day. Kids uh, kids woke me up this morning, handed me a cup of coffee in bed, handed me a little, uh, little birthday happy, took the boy to school, I'm going to dinner as a family tonight, and uh, great day. Very nice. And very quickly, we will turn the page from richard's birthday I'm, I'm talking about not not right now i'm talking about in our household yeah because obie's birthday is tomorrow oh okay and i'm yeah. here to tell you that the birthday for the eight-year-old boy is a bigger deal than oh, yeah. birthday for 40 year old dad so that's true uh, but 40 is
0: a
3: big one though you know it, it ends is. with a zero you know you got to get that one it is and uh, no it was cool um Zero. The same number of national championships Georgia has won since 1980.
2: That's right. He got him again. <laughs> Ronald Reagan elected the day I was born. I'll always be a Reagan guy for that. Good day. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um. So, woke up this morning. Got rolling. Breakfast. My mom came over also. Brought a uh, a breakfast casserole. Big old bowl of fruit. And uh, they gave me a pan of Sister Schubert's cinnamon rolls, with uh, not with forty candles, but with the four and the zero side by side jammed down in them lit. I promise I don't need a birthday cake. That was good enough right there. There you go. There you go. That sounds way better than birthday cake. Yeah, it was really, really good. And uh, new golf clubs for my for my crew. Yeah. Man, it's a good day. Rocking and rolling. Yeah, good day. A lot of fun, and uh, uh, I have been blessed and fortunate beyond my ability to uh, explain. And yeah, family, friends, work, life, life is very, very good. I have zero complaints. It's not perfect, but it's not perfect for anybody. But uh, it's Well, really I great.
0: have to be on the show, Richard. I'm sorry. It's
2: I'm a- done waxing poetic. Thanks for mentioning that, though, and I do appreciate the birthday wishes. There
0: you go.
2: We were uh, we were sitting at dinner last night. So Ava Montgomery's birthday is May fifth. She's Cinco de Mayo. And I'm November fifth. And so in terms of the calendar, that puts us exactly six months apart. Cinco and she, de November. Yeah. She uh she says last night, she's like, You're gonna be forty tomorrow, Daddy. I was like, Yes, thank you for the reminder. I appreciate it. She like she said, That means I'm gonna be ten and a half tomorrow. And I said, well, yeah. And she goes, that means in two and a half years I'm going to be 13. I said, stop. We are done with this conversation. We are not going any farther down this road. You'll you'll blink and have to buy her a car. Almost there. I'm on the hook for a 13th birthday present for her. I'm not going to regret it because I had long... We were about five years old when she said, Daddy, can I get my ears pierced? And I said, the answer is no. And if you don't ask again until you turn 13, you will get small diamond stud earrings for your 13th birthday, and you can go get your ears pierced then. Very nice. But I don't want to hear about it again for almost a decade. Sports Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, rolling into the 5 o'clock hour. Many of you sending text messages on the Spire text line and uh, thanking me for, uh, or wishing me a happy birthday. And I appreciate that very much. Very kind of you. C Spire Text Line is open to you, not for birthday wishes, but for whatever is on your mind, especially if it's actually pertaining to something that we're talking about, a contribution to the show. We'd love to hear from you. At number 601-879-4395, BULL. There's a bunch of it in wireless, but C Spire thinks you deserve a plan that's actually what it says. Here's the real deal. The best plan for one or two lines, $45 each, with auto pay and paperless billing. No bull. Ceasefire.com. getting ready to play a little true or false today for the college football fix college football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers log on to buyfordnow.com find out why the best selling trucks are built for uh, built for tough those trucks include F-Series, that's best-selling trucks in America for 43 straight years. You can get behind the wheel of an F-150 or a Super Duty or the Ford Ranger if you prefer. Best drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Michael Borkey, the floor is yours for a little true or false. Yeah,
3: a little true or false here. We'll start with Mississippi State, move over to Ole Miss. Got a few for each and then also some around the SEC. But first, we'll start with the quarterback position in Starkville. True or False. Will Rogers will be the starter for all five, barring injury, for all five of Mississippi State's remaining
2: games. That does feel like an important caveat, the barring injury thing. Yeah. I say false. Ooh. I
0: feel that if, if Costello Did not is Didn't anticipate that. I think if Costello is healthy, he might get a start.
2: Do you think that's out of loyalty? I think like, I brought that. you here from the West Coast, you're my guy
0: sort of the same thing that happened last year with Tommy Stevens, you know that 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 there's something to that, yeah, for sure. I I think that, yeah, I won't be totally surprised if, if Costello draws another start.
2: Mm. I'm gonna go with true, and I think there was a loyalty factor that was in play that. Allowed K.J. Costello to start against Alabama. But at some point, you got to think about the future. And if you think that Will Rogers is the future at quarterback, and you saw the way the team responded to him in the second half against Alabama, the fact that he moved things a little bit. I know the game was out of reach, whatnot, but he was functional. And this is Five weeks coming up where you can get him some really valuable reps for the future. I'm going true. If healthy, he's going to start the final five.
3: Aside from the any given Saturday concept where anybody on any day can beat anyone, can Vanderbilt, be, or Vanderbilt can beat Mississippi State, true or false?
0: I say True. Yeah, you know, I mean, if if State doesn't block Vanderbilt's front 3 and they don't give Will Rogers time to throw, then yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it could become a game where whoever makes a mistake first loses the game. I don't think that's going to happen. I think State is going to win and I think they should win pretty easily. But there's definitely a scenario that State
2: could, I mean, State's a bad football team. Bad football teams lose football games all the time. Can can I insert a true or false instead of answering your question yeah no rules here true true or false hey dad if mississippi state wins comfortably that will oh this isn't even a good true or false cuz it's layered what i'm getting at is will there be a false sense of confidence that they're getting better and making progress or no. will it be a confidence that they are able to build on week to week
0: I feel like there'll be some confidence that they can, you know, that that they need going into these remaining games. But there certainly won't be a false sense of, okay, things are okay now. We we fixed it. I mean, you're, you're probably playing Vanderbilt.
2: This is sort of the the minimum level of expectation is to beat them easily. Okay, I think true. I think Vanderbilt can beat Mississippi State. I don't think they will, but it's a function of what Mississippi State has been and kind of is. Not a supreme confidence in Vanderbilt. But, no, I don't think Vanderbilt will win that game.
3: I'll skip the third just because you, you added a third over to Ole Miss. Ole Miss My bad. No, no rules here. Um, Ole Miss, this is just a fact. They will be a favorite in three of their final four games. True or false, they will win all three of those final four games in which they will be the
2: favorite. Are we 100% sure they're going to be a favorite in Baton Rouge? Yes.
3: Well, I'm projecting here, but I think they're going to get smoked next weekend and it'll start spiraling. It already is spiraling, but especially after next weekend.
2: So that means do you think that Ole Miss is going to be a favorite against South Carolina and win, be a favorite against Mississippi State and win, be a favorite against LSU and win? Um, a tepid true.
0: Yeah, I'm um, um, I'm gonna say false. It's because I know almost played better defensively last weekend, but it was Vanderbilt. Uh, if they lose to South Carolina, and if Borky, you think that's going to happen? Uh, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult for them. I, I just when you have a fatal flaw like that, when you're that bad defensively, you can't take anything for granted. The Egg Bowl is always crazy. LSU can score points if Brennan is healthy by then. So we'll, have to, we'll just have to wait and see that LSU. Ole Miss game, I don't even really care what the over is. I'm taking it.
3: <laughs> that would be the, the game, I think, if they are, in fact, favored in three of those four. I think that would be the one that I would uh, be most afraid of. Just because with a healthy Brennan, that's right now the best offense they will see yeah, in those three They can games. score, yeah. Uh, South Carolina is Ole Miss's quote, most important game of this season.
2: False. Not when you get the Egg Bowl and LSU left on the schedule.
0: Yeah, Ole Miss needs to win the Egg Bowl. They've lost three out of the last four. The last two in Oxford State has just blown them off the field. They need to win that game. Two new coaches, they want to be the one who says we're trending forward. I should have put so far in there. Even so far, I might have said Kentucky was more important just to get that get that win, and get moving a little bit.
2: So far. Most important game of the season so So far. far. (sighs) Kentucky was week two or week three? It was week two, wasn't it? Week week two, two. and they were an underdog in Lexington. Uh, I mean, I can go along with true... Although you could make the argument that the Vanderbilt game was the most important because that was a game in which they were heavily favored, and if they had lost that, things would absolutely have felt, you know, whatever goodwill was there, it would have been the honeymoon's over, you can't lose to a terrible Vanderbilt team. But given where they are in the season, I'm okay with saying true for South Carolina because I do think they're going to be a favorite. They haven't won a home game yet. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I can be
3: okay with true on that. Ole Miss, true or false, is not getting any better defensively. The opponents are just getting worse. Who?
2: False. I agree with the latter, that the opponents are getting worse. I mean, you've got to realize that Florida and Alabama were part of the opening part of the schedule. What, in weeks one and week three? Um, But no, I actually see some improvement on the Ole Miss defense. Incremental. uh, They've tackled better, their defensive line has at times kind of been able to slow the run down a little bit, and I mean look, I'm not trying to make make them out to be a good defense, but I mean they've had some guys that you didn't necessarily, I mean Ja'Cory Hawkins has probably played a little bit better than people thought he was going to play, Jalen Jordan has emerged at that kind of nickel back position and has been a pretty good player. Miles Battle seems to be kind of picking things up at cornerback a little bit. Um, Jaquez Jones has played pretty well. He's the second leading tackler on the team. Kedron Smith's gotten burned some, but he's also made some pretty good plays. I I mean, it's small incremental improvement, but I would say they have been a little bit better than they were early.
0: I mean, they gave up almost 500 rushing yards to Kentucky. They're much better than that right now.
3: Yeah, I would say true. All right, I'm gonna save this next
2: one for right, after we'll, the break. because I, hey, I like this, this one. Yeah, I want to continue with uh, with these. We got more true or false from Borky. We will make the college football fix. Not one segment, but two today. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll be right back. They say- We uh, we seem to get long-winded on these true and falses Borky, so let's Good. not tarry. Let's carry on. This one is fun.
3: At least to me. I've thought about it a lot this week. True or false? Ed Orgeron is the next Gene Chizik. Gene Chizik before Auburn. You guys are going to have to help me out with this cuz I I mean I was, you know, 15 running around high school in upstate South Carolina
2: you're going to say, running around in diapers still.
3: No, well, you know, knowing me, that was probably better. Um, why did Auburn hire him?
2: He had coached there before.
3: But at Iowa he was State, their defensive coordinator. he had yeah, five wins in two years.
2: He was chastised mightily when getting off the plane yes. on the tarmac yeah. in Auburn as well. There's video of yeah, that if was, you've never seen were. it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so Gene
3: Chizik goes 8-5, and 14-0 national champion, Eight and five, three and nine fired. Is is Edward Giron on that similar path?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely true. He has to rebound next year. Assuming things go the way I feel they will the rest of the year. They'll lose to Alabama, they'll lose to Florida, they'll lose to Texas AM. So I mean they're 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 going two and eight, three and seven at best. Yeah, they need to win ten games next
2: year. Which I don't think they'll do. I don't think they've got to win ten, but I do think the uh, there will be a bit of amnesia for a lot of LSU fans, you know, forgetting about that national championship. This is how it goes, though. You, when you win a national title,
0: you have you have to stay close to that level. Bama does it. Clemson does it. Everybody else who doesn't do it, they they, they suffer and they lose coaches.
2: Yeah.
3: Or drawn um, in 2016 as the interim went six and two, nine and four, and 17. I believe if I remember correctly that included a loss to Troy and to Mississippi State by 30. Ten and three with a win in the Fiesta Bowl in 2018, the 15 and 0 national championship in 19, and they currently sit at two and three
2: on a collision course with two and four. Yeah, there there are there are a couple of things that that stand out to me. One, how quickly the equity you build up. Can leave, and I mean, there was so much talk about, oh, this year's a throwaway year. It's an anomaly. It's twenty twenty. It's COVID, etc., etc. It's not when you play like that and you're the defending national champs. I don't, I don't think it's going to be viewed that way. Yeah. My my initial reaction, Borky, was that the machine. In the state of, LS, uh, state of Louisiana, would not allow LSU from a personnel standpoint to fall to a level that they could win two or three games. But I feel like there's a similar machine in place for Auburn. They get players. Ed Ogeron okay. did a lot of good things last year, but you know what he did better than anything? He stayed out of the way of his outstanding coordinators. Both of whom are gone now. Both of whom are gone now. though, has not been the issue for LSU until this not past that, week against Auburn.
0: But, but what you said about equity, I think equity is sort of overrated in college football. Every season is a new season. And if you, you know, Houston nut.
2: Yeah, but apart, if you win a national gone. championship.
0: At a program like LSU, they expect to compete for those. So if you're not in the top ten, you might as well be zero 11 eleven, zero and
2: twelve. Mm. No, I disagree. If you're not in the top ten, you might as well be zero and twelve. At a program like LSU, after winning a national championship, you could lurk in the ten to twenty range. This year, yeah, this year, yeah, but
0: con- consistently, no. you need to be. No, I disagree. LSU, I mean LSU, wants to win at a higher clip. Than Mississippi State, Ole Miss, they Look want to be. Look how long it took them team. to
3: cut bait, though, with Les Miles. See, I was just about to ask: Do you think them letting that go longer than it should have scares That's them? That's going to affect situation? that.
0: That's going to affect that. I agree. Hmm. What Miles played for one, won one and oh seven, and then played for one in eleven, and then was gone in what sixteen? I want to say. But I think twelve and thirteen, they won ten plus games, and then fourteen and fifteen, they they fell apart a little bit.
3: And even by at fifteen, the way, they won nine. Um, even though it's not necessarily Orgeron's fault, I mean there is a lingering NCAA case here. That's true too. Uh, Less miles. Um, so they won the national cha- or lost in the national championship in eleven. They went thirteen and one after eleven and two and ten. Went ten and three and twelve, ten and three and thirteen, eight and five, nine and three, fired in sixteen. Yeah. After a two
2: and two start, Vance and Tupelo asked the question: Do you have your whole career to win a national championship, and then two years to win another one?
0: May not win eight. another one, but you got to stay in that debate.
2: Got to be there. Yeah. And, and again, if, if LSU and its fans want to be considered the same type of program as Alabama as Clemson, as Georgia, as Oklahoma, and whatever. I mean, say, say what you want to about Georgia and they're not having won a national championship for 1980. Forty years. Since Mark Richt has gotten there, with a couple of exceptions, they've been in the conversation. Yeah. And since Kirby has gotten there, they've been in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problem is we're yeah. no longer in the conversation.
0: Exactly. LSU, because the
2: patience pro- of Virginia Tech doesn't exist anymore.
0: A program like LSU can't be outside of the conversation for two years. They just can't.
2: They won't. And, and this is a really good point with what coaches make nowadays. Yeah, does that assume, lead to inflated yeah. expectations? It absolutely yep. does. I mean, you know, it's one thing when you were paying a coach eight hundred thousand dollars a year, or two hundred thousand dollars a year, or a million seven. But when you're making five, six, seven, eight million dollars a year. There is an expectation for return on investment. Frequent, and
0: it's fair to it's fair to have that expectation.
2: It's now, if Ed Ogeron gets fired next year, as as this conversation is going, he will be handsomely cons- uh, co- uh, compensated, not okay. consummated, compensated.
0: No, that's those pictures you're talking about.
2: Yeah. <laughs> to leave post haste. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Yeah, I'm not they, sure though that we're money. going to be in a spot for a couple of years where schools can really bite off a 15-20-30 hey, 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 million dollar buyout.
0: Next year LSU will play four non-conference games that they'll win. They still have state and Ole Miss on the schedule and they should be able to win those. They still have, you know,
3: it's somebody uh, from the east.
0: They'll have somebody from the east that's not Georgia. They have Florida every year. I mean, they'll win 9 games next year in all likelihood assuming that, you know, they they are able no, to No, they'll play Florida next year together. They play, like I'm saying they, but, but they won't play oh, in Georgia. Addition what to. I'm yeah. Right. Because they played Georgia two years ago. They won't be playing Georgia next year. I don't know who it is off the top of my head, but.
3: And to underscore your point about finances, even Clemson, whose budget isn't that big, by the way, you'd be surprised at Clemson's overall athletic budget. But re- constantly in the college football playoff winning national championships, Clemson had to cut sports today. Yeah. So it's hitting everybody, even the most successful. Real quick, COVID aside, so forget the financial stuff for a second involving COVID. Has Gus Malzon coached himself? Uh, Gus Malzahn has coached himself off of the hot seat. True or false? Officiating week, egregious truth. mistakes aside, <laughs> but they have Richard's won it, a yeah. certain amount of games.
0: I mean, they're they're going to lose to Alabama.
2: Um, they it's still have Texas A all- and
0: M right. Auburn's
2: right. got Mississippi State, Tennessee, Alabama, and Texas A&M. So
0: they're probably going six and four at best. No, he's not off the hot seat. But he's not getting fired. No, he's not getting fired, no, not getting fired either. But he pl- he'll spend next year on it, and he'll need to. He'll need to have one of those bounce back ten and two regular seasons that turns into a ten and four somehow.
2: Bo Nix will be a junior. Yeah. You got to think they'll get better on the offensive line. I mean, I I, I wonder. I mean, I, I can't help but wonder a little bit if Auburn's going to look at the game against LSU as a turning point in their season. They're talking about it like that.
3: By the way, Gus okay. Malzahn earlier this week said that there aren't many teams in the country that have faced adversity quite like his.
0: mm mm-hmm. Fascinating. <laughs> right.
2: The officials
3: up, handed Gus. you three games and you're want to talk about adversity? What was
0: adversity is? There's a, lot, there's is a that? lot of They're pressure. Facing. There's a lot of pressure when you know the officials are in your back pocket and you still make the games close. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they probably said
3: Hey Gus, make it easier for us, man.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine losing a game where the officials are completely for you? That's tough.
2: Bert says this LSU conversation is under the assumption that we have a normal season next year. True, true. But I feel like we will. One-hit wonders don't last long in the SEC. True story. Jeff in Oxford says Ogeron has never been a knockout coach anywhere he's been. Richard and I could have coached LSU to the Natty last year. Richard would have. He pushed all all the right buttons.
3: I got another true or false that just came up in my head that we should get to after cube I'll just throw Old it out Q-Bullet. there. How many okay. SEC coaches would have won a national championship with LSU last year?
2: Ooh. We'll be right back. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad on this Thursday afternoon. Don't forget that tomorrow we will preview the, uh, oh, it's going to be week one in three classifications in the state of Mississippi of the high school football playoffs, final week of the regular season for 1A, 5A, and 6A as well. We'll do that with uh, Will East and Stephen Gagliano. Of course, we will have our weekly conversation with Bruce Marshall as well. Always enjoy those uh, visits with Bruce. Hopefully, we're going to be visiting with Cole Kubelik in the next couple of minutes. I've not been able to connect with him. Um, Who knows? Cole's a busy guy. So uh, we will hopefully talk with Cole soon. Porky, let's go back to the, uh, the question that you were asking before the break.
3: So, if everything is all the same, coordinators, players, everything, how many of the coaches in the SEC a year ago would have won every game, including the national championship?
2: With... Th- I mean, are we assuming everything is the same other than the head coach? The head coach is the only difference. Nick Saban, yes. Yep, that's obvious. I mean, sorry. I can, I can right. make this no, one I mean, easy. Just, I can make this
0: one easy. All 14 of them. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not joking. All 14 no. of them. You mm-hmm. let Brady run that show offensively. You let Aranda run the defense. You let Burrow do what he had to. All fourteen of them. The only ones I'd have questions about are Luke, Mason, Morehead. Morehead, a, Morehead, a little bit, but he and Brady—that's a good combination. They know each other. Well, I mean, I think there are lots Moorhead of people
2: that I know.
0: Morehead showed with elite talent his offense can work. I mean, he showed it at Penn State. He had... That's elite talent there at LSU. He'd have been fine, I think. Must champ. Yeah. See, that; those are
3: the... he got to stay out of the way. ...where you get dicey a little bit, though,
2: but... Muschamp is the dicey one, but, but I... But, okay, I, I, let's I, I you obvious. said all things the same, but but again, let's give that Ogeron some credit for a second, okay? Because he, he pressed the right buttons from a motivational standpoint. He he kind of set the uh, buzzword, he set the culture for that team and what that team was going to be. He did stay out of the way. He was their chief recruiter. And if you talk about just pulling him out and plugging somebody else in, you have to think about the personality that you're plugging in. Would Joe Moorhead have been pu- able to push the exact motivational buttons that Ed Ogeron pushed last year? Well, I see what you're getting at. But I mean, you, 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 you say, I well, think- he and Joe Brady teaming up together. Well, uh, m- maybe them teaming up together would not have allowed Joe Brady and Steve Insminger the freedom they had to run the offense the way they ran the offense last year. Well, and it was with, the know, way they ran the offense that allowed that know my to be so explosive.
0: That. You already know my thoughts on that, though. That I don't, I don't, I, I undervalue M. Singer, M. Singer's uh, contribution. I believe that you, Brady's you contribution was way understated.
2: Uh, maybe so. Think I mean, Gus, is, from Gus has shown to... that he can get a team to a national championship if they've got the right pieces in place. Yeah, and Gus would have I mean, won a national championship with that team. Yeah. Yeah. So
3: Sabin, Dan yes. Mullen, Sabin m- Mullen.
2: Oh, no, absolutely. No, no,
3: no,
0: no, no. Hold on. Whoa, 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 You're whoa, whoa, whoa. not
2: giving that to Mullen.
0: Nope. Mullen would wa- Mullen would have won that going
2: away. No, because he would yeah, not have stayed, have stayed out of the offense. But he has. But never he's, had.
0: he is. He is a good enough offensive coach that whatever he added would have worked. Mullen and Brady together with that offense
2: would have been fantastic. You know that I think Dan Mullen is an outstanding football coach, but last week was more evidence of the fact that he's not a stable human being. <laughs> he would have had a meltdown somewhere along the right way that perfectly. would have cost them.
3: Think about who we're talking about him replacing, though. We're talking orange <laughs> rod, for God's sakes. You don't think Mullen would have taken Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Elaire, all of those wide receivers, all of those offensive linemen, national and that defense and not won, a, not won a title?
0: National champions. I'd be a worried about smart, to be honest. with you talk about not staying Chad out of Morris the way. would
2: not have won a national championship with that group.
0: All right, I'll grant you that one. 13 nope. out of four. I, for, I forgot Chad Morris existed.
3: They would have found a way to lose six games just somehow. They would have gone six and six.
0: Jimbo Fisher would have. Yes, yes.
2: 100%. Um, Smart, I, Smart's a guy to worry about staying out of the way offensively. Kirby would have messed something up. He would have gotten super conservative. He would never have allowed that offense to continue to play the way that it did with leads. The Alabama would, game where they were still
0: throwing up. late, yeah, he would have, he would have gone into a yep. shell. Smart's, I think he still would have done it, but he's a good example of maybe not. And he's still a good coach, but I'm just saying I'd say Mark Stoops, yes. Derek oh, yeah. Mason, eh. Mason would have just been like, "I'm so happy to be here. I'm gonna, I'm not going to do anything to mess this up."
2: I would be more likely to have said yes to Matt Luke than to Joe Moorhead. Really? Yep. Well, because Matt wouldn't have done anything. Uh, Matt, Matt.
0: That's what that was. What Matt was going for last year, Coach. He was trying to be sort of a CEO type. He's let Rodriguez run the offense. McIntyre had the defense, and Matt was just sort of there. So, yeah, I I see where you're
3: getting at. Quinn doesn't like my question. Struck a chord.
2: Yeah, he didn't like that. Tim says, don't think Mullen or Moorhead could have won the national championship with the 49ers. (laughs) They're not eligible for the national title.
3: Well, that too. I Maybe I just oversell Mullen's coaching ability. I think he's a clown, and the way he acted on Saturday shows that he's a clown. However, he's a clown that can really coach.
0: On game day, that's as
2: good an, an offensive coach as there is in college football. Quinn's hot now. He says zero other guys. Burrow was brought in because of Ed Ogeron. He was the it factor. You guys dogged him for a year and a half. Takes a long time to mold a team. It's a BS question, he says. I mean, that that team being able to accomplish what they did was a year and a half in the making. I, mean, I get that, but if, if Orgeron had just, the
0: day before the season, said, I can't do this, for whatever reason, and they brought in a new, competent head coach, they're not winning the national title. They're still winning the national title.
2: Coach O put that together. You think the coach that follows Saban will have a losing record? No. That's Jeremy and Hamilton.
3: No. No. Look at Ohio State. See, this is what the whole conversation around LSU that that I'm really focused on is, does this happen in Columbus? No. They had an NCAA scandal, and then Urban Meyer came and (laughs) won a title, and then Urban Meyer abruptly leaves, and...
2: I'm not laughing at you, Borky. Uh, uh, Qu- but- no, no, no. Quinn's still rolling. He said he was leaving us to go watch, listen to a replay of the Rock and Roll Handyman show. There was an episode on fixing drywall that he missed. I'm sorry. I I'm lost just saying. it on that. I'm just saying. That team was too big to fail. All right, Borky, so what are the elite... <coughs> Excuse me. If If the three elite programs, and we all agree with this right now in college football, are Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. Will any of those three programs, which I think is where you were headed with this, if there is a coaching change, experience a drop-off immediately? No.
0: I mean, Ohio State didn't with Myers and Ryan eventually? Day. Ryan Day has never been a head coach ever, and they're still rolling. Um, Clemson with, with would Alabama, be
3: the toughest one.
0: Yeah, because Clemson gets to play in the ACC. Alabama, I think when Saban goes, they will come back to earth a little bit. They'll still be a continue, a top-ten perennial team, but they won't be this unstoppable giant year in and year out. I think that's when you see LSU and Auburn and Texas A&M start con- getting back to the SEC Championship game a little bit more frequently.
3: But they're still immediate contenders because oh, their yeah. list would be Dabo Sweeney first, and if not him, Mario Cristobal. I, I mean... Yeah that's that's replacing the, the greatest ever with one of the greatest current. You know, yeah. it's. I think Clemson, they're the biggest test because Ohio State's an established dominant winner basically forever. So going from Meyer today wasn't like, can he keep up what Urban Meyer did? It's, well, can he just continue to pour gas in the tank because it's a machine that's rolling? Same thing, relatively speaking, with Alabama. Even though they were bad before Saban got there, it, it's a – Program that's set up to be a machine. Clemson was nothing before Dabo took over. It's a program that had a championship in 81, which ESPN, mm-hmm. by the way, I used to make fun of my friends back home, called that college football's worst season ever. It was 1981 when Clemson won the title, and they started the season unranked.
2: Danny but, Ford.
3: But that's it. That,
2: that was when Clemson launched itte wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their fundraising program that has become a behemoth. So they're more interesting to me than an
3: Alabama change or an Ohio State change because the guys before them have done it before, not at Clemson. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.